Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, there's, you know what? It's so, oh my gosh. I searched all morning. Looking for my actual earpiece. Wow. Didn't find it, and they were in there. Um, all right. More importantly, though, with the box, box of sharpies, these are actually for you, bud. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. You have taken all. You, you understand <laughs> the satisfaction of, of the, the sharpness of, of the them? crisp newness of the sharpie. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, it makes it, it it makes it a lot easier to write easier and easier to much write. Easier for me to understand. To, my handwriting is already pretty bad. Correct. <laughs> and no, listen, Sharpies are a great product at, in all forms. However, there is nothing quite like drawing with writing with a Sharpie marker, not the ultra fine point pens, the markers when they have the finest point on them. Yeah, 100%. it's the greatest. And and everyone laughs at me. I always use Sharpies and. I have probably 3,000 Sharpies in this house because I don't believe in throwing them away because they still write well. Yeah. But as soon as they lose the fineness of the it's point, like to the next I one. get rid of it. That is like one of my more opulent habits. Not habits. habits. Yeah, habits. Just, just kind of, uh, yeah, I've used this Sharpie twice. Throw it in the trash. It makes me feel like a, like an archduke somewhere. Hey, man, you could afford it. Yeah, exactly. I I got money for a Sharpie budget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's your birthday present. So happy birthday. <laughs> I, I used three of them, but you have the other 21. This is huge. Welcome in. We are back. What's right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show, a show that's doing quite well on YouTube, could do a little better on the podcast rankings, but I thought long and hard over my time on vacation. I'm not going to spend any more time asking you guys to listen, subscribe, rate, review those things. You guys are already here. I appreciate you. We need to bring in other people. Those are the people I'm put up billboards or something for that. I'm ready to go. We have so much to do today. Thanks to this show. The great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was trending nationally this morning <laughs> as the number one, or Monday morning, I should say, when we're recording this. You guys will hear it or see it on Tuesday. It's the number one sports topic. But then Woj comes in over the top rope. He has stories. We have so much to do. I have, I, I had a, I was attacked by a cephalopod on vacation. I jumped off a cliff. We have that. I have some ranting and complaining to do. Also, Demonze, welcome back. You, the last show we did... Your baby sister, who's no longer a baby, eight-year-old Deanna was in for you. Before we get to the show, very quickly, 10 seconds or less, your review of her performance. She killed it. She she, she crushed it. Deanna's a natural, like, that's that's her that's her niche. I think she's going to be an actor one day. Okay. First of all, I, it warms my heart to hear you say that. Second of all, I agree with you on Deanna's future career. Third of all, correct and proper usage of niche there my guy <laughs> my guy and hey, he also had a birthday while we were gone happy 24th birthday to Demonte. okay let's get to what's not on today's show not on today's show is the chess robot that attacked the child is so here's the deal i need more details chess robots playing a kid now the news stories the clickbait headlines are robot grabbed out and broke the kid's finger that did happen what I want to know is, is this because the robot was worried the child was beating him or did the robot think the finger was, was like the, the, the bishop and he was trying to move it? I need more details there. And by need more details, it means I probably just need to read the story. <laughs> Number two, uh, better ESPYs host LeBron or Steph. We're not going to get into that because... For the seventh consecutive year, I did not watch the ESPYs. And number three, no one seems to want Russ or Jimmy G. We're not getting into any of that. What are we getting into this morning, Demonze? You put Mike Jordan at number three on your top 50. Yeah, I did. You said yourself Jordan's peak was probably higher than anybody's. Yeah. LeBron and Kareem were the last two, obviously. Yeah. 
so are you basically saying that longevity and consistency are more important than actually winning? Okay. So here's what I want to do here. And we did some of it on Monday on First Things First. And we're going to do it here in full without me having to deal with the, with the jibber-jabber and interruptions from Broussard and Wild. Okay. Not that they really interrupted me much, but I want to <laughs> lay out the full case about Jordan versus Kareem. Because I don't think anyone's shocked that I have LeBron ahead of Jordan. They would have been right. shocked if I didn't have right. LeBron ahead of Jordan. What people are shocked by is that I had the audacity to put Michael <laughs> Jordan third. So first, let's just back up and discuss this from a intellectual perspective. If there is an argument for the greatest ever at anything that is a three-person argument, then, so for instance, if you are saying, hey, who's the greatest president ever? And some people are like, I think it's George Washington, first and the best. Some people are like, ah, I think it's Abe Lincoln, you know, won the Civil War, helped free the slaves. And someone's like, I think it's FDR. Dude won four elections, New Deal, all that. If it's a three-person race for the goat of anything, then someone who is somebody's goat is going to come in third. Right. That is just accepted, understood, logical. It's a tautology, right? Okay. So then the question becomes, should it be a three-person race? Well, if in anything we are measuring, one person has scored more points or more goals or more touchdowns, anything, scored more points than anyone in the history of the sport, has the most league MVPs of anyone in the history of the sport, and has as many championships as any as the, of the other GOAT candidates, that person would, of course, be one of the eligible GOAT candidates, correct? 100%. So I just described Kareem. Now, so Kareem has to be in the discussion. LeBron has to be in the discussion. And Michael has to be in the discussion. Right. So this is, my wife is right here, by the way, standing off camera. We can't show her because she's not camera ready right now. She is so bored with this discussion. But I'm not going to let that take away from the fact, because I'm not bored with this discussion. Because <laughs> while LeBron versus Jordan has been discussed a lot, Kareem versus any of these guys has not been. Because right. he is a forgotten man. Because when he played, let's be honest, media didn't really like him. Why didn't they like him? Well, 70s weren't necessarily the kindest time to black men who converted to Islam and were incredibly politically active and spoke about racism and were a little curmudgeonly with the media. So maybe he didn't get the fairest shake in his own era by the press then. And right. post his basketball career, we have not celebrated him because he's not the Russell Wilt era of grainy footage, but the NBA really came to life with the magic Michael Bird era of which he was a part of, but it almost hurts him because that was Kareem wearing his goggles and at a different phase of his career at the very end of it, as opposed to Kareem kicking ass and taking names at the beginning of it. And some of this is going to be explained when we do the Kareem video, whether he lands at one or two. But I'm going to explain some of it here about Kareem's basketball life. And I, for our rankings, the pre-NBA stuff doesn't technically matter, but it could serve as an interesting tiebreaker. So I want to tell, what is the, what do you know, Demonze? What's the famous story? And maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Sometimes I forget how young you are. But about Michael Jordan in high school basketball. Do you know it? Michael Jordan in high school basketball. The famous story with Jordan legendarily is he was cut from his high school. Oh team. yeah, yeah. So he, you, no, he didn't make he did he didn't make his his freshman team. What he it? didn't make varsity his freshman uh, year, right. which is what they have turned into. He was cut. He didn't make right. varsity his freshman year. He was cut. It's, it's a little legend making, but right. he had to build it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went seventy-nine and two in high school and had a seventy-one game winning streak and won three New York State titles. That was Kareem in high school. What do we know about Michael Jordan's college career? He was a really good player who was freshman year, hit a shot to win the national championship, won player of the year one time, and was the third pick of his draft. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played three years of college basketball because back then you weren't allowed to play as a freshman. In those three years, 
his team went 88 and 2. All three years, he was player of the year. All three years, he won the national championship. All three years, he was most outstanding player of the Final Four. He lost twice in college. One came in a game where he got hurt but played through it, and they lost by two. The other came in a game where it was pre-shot clock, and the other team stalled this entire second half. Uh, and it, it was, I think, UCLA only scored 10 points. So he's 88-2 in college. Again, this is just college. And then, so what about his freshman year? His freshman year, UCLA's varsity team, which he wasn't allowed to play for, won the national championship. The freshman team at UCLA beat the varsity team because of Kareem when they played each other in a scrimmage on campus. They were 20 and up. They also changed the rules and outlawed dunking during Kareem's college career because he was too good. That's insane. Okay, so that's in college. In the pros, though, which is what the league is based on, or the list is based on, Michael Jordan was drafted to a 27-win crummy Chicago Bulls team. His rookie year, he led them to 38 wins. They were 38 and 44 and made the playoffs. Kareem, oddly enough, was drafted to a 27-win Milwaukee Bucks team. Same as Michael Jordan. They won 56 games his rookie year and won a round of the playoffs. Michael's second year, he was swept in round one by the Boston Celtics. Kareem's second year, they won 66 games. They went 12-2 and in the playoffs. He won league MVP. He won finals MVP. That's the beginnings of their career. The ends of their career. Michael Jordan, it is legendary now. Came Kareem back. also had Oscar Robertson. He not so he had Oscar Robertson for not his rookie year, but that second year. That right. is true. Yeah, that is absolutely true. What is also true is Oscar played four years with Kareem. Only two of those years did he average even fifteen points per game. It was a different player. One year in the finals, Oscar averaged nine points per game. Oscar was a different player at that point in his career. Oscar is an all-time great. It's and that you know what? That's a fair. It's a fair take. Kareem had Oscar, and then he had Magic. I get that, and we'll get to that in full in a moment. Now let's go to the end of the career. Michael Jordan, at 38 years old, came back to basketball and helped the Washington Wizards win 37 games, and he averaged 22 points per game. It was 38. 38 years. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, at 38 years old, won Finals MVP. <laughs> Michael Jordan, at 40 years old, averaged 20 points per game for a 37-win Washington Wizards team. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, at 40 years old, averaged 22 points per game in the finals to win the championship. He had the most unstoppable shot in the history of basketball, the skyhook. And on top of all of that, and at one last piece, and then we can move on, Michael Jordan played 15 seasons in the league if you, as far as where he only played, like played at least parts of them. But one of those was the 95 season where he only played the very tail end because he come back from baseball. So Michael Jordan played 14 full seasons in the league. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had 15 seasons where he was top five in MVP voting. He had 15 seasons where he was first or second team All-NBA. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at 41 years old, game six, of the NBA Finals, 10 seconds left, down one. Who did the Lakers draw the play up for? The captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I say all that, to, and he, what did he do? He got fouled, kind of a phantom foul call, made both free throws, then they won game seven. That was the Isaiah Thomas sprained ankle game. I say all that to say this. Put some goddamn respect on the captain's name. Compelling argument there. He was better in high school, he was better in college, he was better as a young player, he was better as an old player. Oh, and the winning thing. One last point. The LeBron versus Michael thing's tough. LeBron's got four rings. Michael's got six. But I would ask you this, America. I present to you two Olympians. One has six gold medals and zero silver medals. The other guy has six gold medals and four silver medals. Who was the better Olympian? Everyone would say uh, the guy with six golds and four silvers. That's Kareem. Michael has six championships. And six finals appearances. Who's in the Olympics? Kareem has six championships and four other finals appearances. So, uh, folks can, again, Michael Jordan, I I did 45 minutes of love to him, has a compelling case that he's the greatest player ever. So does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I, I wish I could. I've, I've got to watch some Kareem highlights at this point. Um, yeah. I, I, Listen, they're not that exciting. Yeah, He's I just doing the goddamn skyhook sky yeah. again and again and again and again. But if yeah. you had a boxer and it's like, eh, he just does the jab. It's like, <laughs> well, no one's ever beaten him and he lands it. Oh, one other cream fact and then we'll move on. Okay? Okay. I'm 37 years old. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set, broke Wilt Chamberlain's record for most points scored in NBA history before I was born. He still holds it. He still holds it. April of 84, Kareem set there. I have not lived a day of my life where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was not the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Those things seem to matter. Now we can move on. Okay. Uh you don't think that that has anything to do with uh, all right go ahead no go ahead I don't, to, I don't like to go to the whole era of basketball mm -hmm. sure. do you think kareem would have dominated the way that he did and in, 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 in today's, today's era well we're gonna talk about that with draymond later <laughs> with the, draymond the fair knock on the kareem 70s era of domination is there was a there was a competing league in the aba and a lot of the great players of the of basketball players were playing in the aba right, right? that's the fair point would Kareem have been able to kick ass in any era? Yes. In today's era, is it possible Kareem would have been better because not as many teams have centers? Yes. That skyhook's not getting blockable. Like, there's no, there's no blocking it. We'll do more Good when point. we do the Kareem, uh, whether he's first or second on the ranking show. But because of DeMonze's constant interruptions there, we might have to go a little late here on the Boston. Yeah, bl blame it on go me. Go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> I'm blaming it on you. Go let's ahead. Let's do it. Uh, Wolch put out an interesting tweet at 2.30 a.m. on Monday. Yeah. Uh, says that the Celtics are now a team that are interested in Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown and Derek White were reportedly offered. Yep. Uh, so are you surprised that the Celtics offered this or more surprised that the Nets didn't take it? Okay. So Wolch had the original story and then Shams followed it up with that the Celtics offered. Jalen Brown, Derek White in a first-round pick, and that the Nets countered with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, another player, and multiple picks. I'm actually uh, more interested in your take on this than mine. You're the Celtics fan. Yep. Do you want them to trade Jalen Brown and stuff? The, here's the trade uh, I came up with. Because what's the halfway between Derek White and Marcus Smart? Time Lord. Treat I... Here's what I came up with. Jalen Brown, Time Lord, a couple first-round picks for Kevin Durant. You are running the Celtics. They are your you team. Tatum, Jalen Brown, and KD. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. You don't keep Jalen. You keep smart Tatum and KD. You're trading. Jalen Brown, Brown has to be Time Lord. Jalen Brown, Time Lord, and a couple first-round picks for Kevin Durant. Would you do it? Uh, that's tough, man. I mean, because obviously Robert Williams has... He's he's young. He's got a long young, time to go. You love him. Um, but it's good. Okay, so Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and a couple picks for Katie. Would you do that? Do um, you have a soft spot in your heart for Time Lord. What the Nets reportedly wanted. Yes. Would you do? I'm it? I'm I'm down for that. I, I don't think you include Robert Williams just because Al Horford's getting older. I feel like you can work around the building up some other young guys or getting some other guys. And later. they just got they just added Malcolm Brogdon in free agency. So so you would do Jalen Brown position. and Marcus Smart. For Kevin Durant. By the way, I think most people would. I'm not saying, I'm just asking you as a Celtic. Oh, yeah. No, I don't care if anybody yeah. bags on me. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me ask a different question. Would you do keep everyone on the team? Tatum for Durant, one for one. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So everyone agrees nah. with you on that. The Nets aren't even asking for Tatum because they think he's untouchable. I agree with you on that. Here is the counter-argument to my own point there, okay? Okay. The reason you, you don't think Tatum's better than Durant right no. now. Uh, no. But I think that's he's close. That, that he's could close happen in the next couple 24, of years. 24, right? Yeah. It could happen, but otherwise 24. The, here's what I think NBA teams need to start recognizing. How valuable are young players' future when there is no guarantee in today's NBA whatsoever that that future is spent with you. So Tatum's got three years left on his deal. And that's assuming guys don't demand a trade early. 
So everyone's talking about, oh, Tatum's 10 years younger than Durant. He is. But if he only has three years left on his deal, who's going to be better over the next three years, Tatum or Durant? That's an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, And if Tatum, who's to say Tatum's going to be a lifelong Celtic? I don't know the answer to that. I also don't know this. How does Jalen Brown react? Because the Tatum stuff is just a figment of my own imagination. Just an interesting thought exercise. How does it land on Jalen Brown's doorstep that he is once again a part of trade rumors? They draft him. He improves. He improves. Helps lead him to a conference finals. Then helps lead him to NBA finals. Is a perfect citizen on and off the court. And once again, they're trying to trade him. They've offered, and that's our time, but again, and we only did two topics, but it's fine. We're back from vacation. We got a lot to do. How Does that screw things up for them chemistry-wise? I think that's a real concern. And I think at this point, like if you're, this is one of the reasons, Demonze, I never bag on the players for looking around being like, ah, I know I'm under contract, don't like it here. Want to change scenery. I know everyone's like, ah, the old timers, they'd stick it out. And it's not always true, but whatever. Teams, it does not matter if you do everything exactly the way they want, do everything right. You the moment someone a little bit better comes around, they will offer you up. Yep. And so the Celtics, I'm sure the Celtics did not want this leaked. And now if you're, if, if you're Brooklyn, a little more leverage comes your way because this harmony, good feelings for Boston, it's soured a bit. By the fact that your second best guy, the guy who tweeted the energy is about to change, and then yep. you got go on this magical run, it's like, no, 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 we would trade you. Yeah. And by the uh, way, you should trade Jalen Brown and stuff for Kevin Durant. He's Kevin Durant. He's Jalen Brown. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't th- I don't know if the the if it'll change him on the court. Like say if he were to stay and these whole the whole trade rumors thing happen. I, I just don't see Jalen Brown being the type. I feel like it's not his teammates that offered him up. Sure. I feel like, That's a good you know, point. It's not his coach either. Right. And but I, it also, here's this. Jalen Brown's got two years left on his deal. Does it make Jalen Brown less apt to want to re-sign with Boston? Maybe. They've, they've, they've talked about trading him at least twice. Yeah, So probably. Listen, the other big part of this, and then we'll move on, was Shams and Woj both reiterated that Kevin Durant has not softened at all on his trade request. Because there was a little speculation as Katie maybe was he testing things out, seeing what it was, now that he can't go to Phoenix because they re-signed eight and there's no trade there. Right. It Not according to Woj and Shams. So, Shams, that's the latest on that. That was a good 20-minute media block. I apologize. Demonte wouldn't shut up, so we weren't able to hit our Sorry, clock. Guys. That's t- your fault as always. We have, I- I'll be honest, B-Block might be a long one too. We got a lot to do in the B block. Uh, Take a quick break. Be right back. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. By the way, before, huge. before we begin to the B block, Jalen Brown just tweeted SMH. Really? Mm. Ooh, that's Damn. happening live while we are recording. SMH. SMH. Very vague. It could could mean a number of things. I do. Now, his pinned tweet is still the energy is about to shift. 
which is right where the Celtics were on that run. I do wonder if that, how long that pin, pin tweet shall last. Maybe okay. the energy is still about the shift. Yeah, well, it could shift again, <laughs> shift back the other way. All right, you ready to go? Let's do it. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright? There's a 10-minute clock on the screen for this segment. My guess is we're not going to hit that one, but we're back from vacation where you need extra time. All right, Demonte, what are we starting with? Starting off with J.J. Redick. Oh, yes. He, yes, I love this topic. Yep, he said on ESPN that Bob Cousy played against firemen and plumbers. Uh-huh. Jerry West then clapped back and questioned J.J. Reddy's career. Yeah. Then Draymond Green says, after watching the 97 Bulls Jazz Finals, that the, war- the 2017 Warriors would beat the Bulls by 20 and the Jazz by 40. Yeah. Why does it seem like the new media is just old era and new era of players just going at each other? Okay, so, so much here. First, let me, I'll do the Draymond thing second. First, let me do the Jerry West, J.J. Redick thing. So, all right, Jerry West made the finals nine times, averaged 30 points per game in his career in the finals, had multiple series in his career where he averaged more than 40 points. Nobody can talk (laughs) to Jerry West and have a leg to stand on except for Bill Russell, who kept kicking his ass. Everyone else needs to shut up, (laughs) all right? Jerry West, I'm going to show you something, Demonze. Hold on. I'm going to look this up real quick. Jerry West. YouTube I, finals shot. I've actually seen a few Jerry West clips. More Jerry West clips than uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Okay. I want I want you to just look at this while I'm while I'm talking. I want you to look at this shot right here. Keep in mind when this happens, the Lakers are down uh down a point. Okay. This is in the NBA finals. Uh this is game. I'm sorry, they're down two points. Keep in mind there's no three-point line. They're down, they're down two points right when this happens. There's two seconds left. This is game three of the finals. Bang! Oh, wow. A 65-footer to force overtime in the goddamn NBA Finals. That's really annoying. That would have been that. That's not worth three. Yeah, I would. The three-point line. Uh, very shortly. Three-point line. Uh, early 80s. But so yeah, hit a, So nobody needs to. So and by the way, JJ wasn't talking trash about Jerry West. He was talking no, trash about I know. Bob Jer- yeah. And, and JJ West. also, by the way, the plumbers and firemen thing is actually from an old Twitter thread. From a parody account making fun of Michael Jordan, yeah. where they just found a bunch of clips of Michael Jordan going up against exclusively white dudes, yeah. and just said it was actually a pro LeBron thing. But here's why I love this story so much. I got no problem with the hashtag new media. I welcome all comers to the media, but I do like it a little bit when the new media gets a little too close to the so- stove and singes their beard a bit. I do feel the analogy I used on TV was I feel like I'm an old chef who's been in this cooking up these takes for years. And then all of a sudden I see that Salt Bay fella come out and get all this social media love. And everyone's like, oh, look at how he tosses the salt and all this stuff. And then I read a story that Salt Bay burnt his kitchen down. I'm like, oh, (laughs) oh, buddy. Oh, they got a little hot for you, did it? <laughs> oh, yeah, you really are in this take game every day. Yeah, the, and all of a sudden, you got you got Jerry West. Jerry West like, clapping back is just really funny to me. Also, like, the fun, really this is where JJ has got to be so frustrated. <laughs> and all the, like, mid-level NBA guys got to be frustrated. You know who Jerry West can never take a shot at? Whose career he can never take a shot at? Me. Because I didn't have one. I can call anybody anything. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Look up my career points per game. Ain't going to find it. You know what my shooting percentage is? Perfect. Zero for zero. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Meanwhile, J.J. Redick, awesome college player, really good pro player. And Jerry West is like, man, you were trash, bro. What games did you impact? So I kind of feel for J.J., but also I've been living that life forever. Not the one where people talk about my career, but where you say a take and you're like, ah, probably didn't need to say the plumber's fireman <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, you don't think after I did the Wiggins thing years ago that I was like, I probably shouldn't have said he's a bad basketball player. I probably should have said he's inefficient. It's a bad contract. Right. But he got away from me. And now well, it's thrown back at me. It. Okay? So that's the JJ thing and good for Jerry West. He's, he's been fired up ever since that HBO <laughs> show came up. He's angry. Don't listen. If somebody forwards this this uh, info to Bob Cousy on Facebook or 4chan or whatever he's on these days, he'll be pissed too. <laughs> That's a Bob Cousy political comment, by the way. Uh, not 4chan. a big fan of yeah, 4chan. Uh, we don't have to get into it on the podcast. Ah, Bob Cousy has some problematic political takes. Okay. Uh, okay. Now to the Draymond thing. 
Draymond is just thank <laughs> yeah. you, Draymond. Just the gift that keeps on giving. So Draymond's live watching a Bulls Jazz finals game and he sends out some tweets. And I'm going to present you. Here's the first tweet that I want to show you. Show it to the audience and I'll read it for our audio listeners. I guess all listeners are on audio. Question. When they be comparing eras, are they taking into consideration the drastic differences in style of play? Regardless of the answer, it's very dumb to compare one era to the next era. So that's typical new media saying what the old media does is dumb. Why would you ever consider comparing eras? Draymond then sends another tweet. And the next tweet is is kind of another version of that. Learn to appreciate things for what they are. Analyze the game and stop the unnecessary debating. Yours truly, the new media. So that's Draymond saying, listen, guys, the point of comparing eras is foolishness. All those things, it makes no sense. Right. What is so odd and interesting, I think that is our house phone yeah, ringing. I, was... I didn't even know we had a house phone. <laughs> so I'll just let the podcast audience hear it. I'm rolling right now. This is, we do the show from home, obviously. I didn't even know we had a house phone. I don't think I don't I've ever heard it ring. Calling. Okay, so Draymond sends those two tweets. Sandwiched in the middle of those two tweets is this one. And it is so perfect. Show me the next one. I'm watching 98 Bulls versus Utah in the finals. I can't help but notice our 2017 team would have beaten the Bulls by a dub and the Jazz by 40 if they're going to play these brands of basketball. And that's why it's dumb to compare eras. Buddy, exactly what you're saying new media does or old media does is what you're doing. It is the, and by the way, you know what is not new at all? You know what is the oldest form of media? The retired player, or in this case, current player, declaring with his whole chest, and as Draymond would say, standing on it. Yeah. You know, as it happened, my era was the best. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it was, it was the fucking best. I, oh, you know, you ask Wilt. Wilt said, Wilt ask was interviewed. Wilt. No, Wilt, there's a great clip of Wilt being interviewed, watching Jordan play, and they asked him. He's like, I don't know. I'd have scored 40 against the, or I'd scored 50 a game against these defenses. Like I scored 50 a game against our defenses. And then the guys, it's amazing. The guys who played in the eighties, Zeke. And I love Isaiah and those guys, they can't, it's the greatest era ever. And then Chuck who played in the nineties, Charles Barkley. It's like, Oh my God, who are the greatest players? Well, they just happen to be Patrick Ewing and Reggie Miller and David Robinson and me. And Oh, the guys, Akeem, the guys you played against. And now Draymond's like, just so you know, uh, that, that jazz team, that had, in 97, had the league MVP. They won 60-some games, all that stuff. We'd have beaten them by 40 points. <laughs> that's how trash your era of basketball was. And so it's just, that's not new, buddy. That's, that's not revolutionary. Just, Saying my content, era man. was the best is something literally every retired player does. Draymond's just getting ahead of the curve. My yeah. era was the best. But don't, hey, guys, why argue about something arbitrary and it's silly? Now, the best, I did reply to Draymond. We don't need to show my tweet. The best tweet is Durant's. Durant had, Durant is. Li- what the, I don't know what the outcome would be. Tweet. No, hold on. This is so good from Durant. Because Steve Kerr played for the Bulls. Yeah. And he obviously coached the, war- coached the Warriors. I can't tell you what the results would be. But I do know that Steve Kerr would have demanded that we put Steve Kerr in as many pick and rolls as possible. That's like legitimate comedy. No, that's really funny. That is super funny. funny. And Durant (laughs) sent that at like 7 a.m. Durant (laughs) woke up and just fired up Twitter. And that was a great tweet by Kevin Durant. Okay, uh, we have 90 seconds of final two segments of topics. I don't think we're going to be able to do it in 90 seconds, but let's see how fast we can do it. What's next? Get to some Cardinal football. Yeah. Kyler Murray signed a massive five-year extension. The Cardinals are clearly all in on Murray and Kingsbury now. Yeah. Uh, would you have done it? And do you think that this will work? I wouldn't have done it, and I don't think it'll work. Listen, I I had a somebody tried, they tried to Wiggins me with my old Kyler Murray take. Because when Kyler Murray was coming into the league, he also was going to be a top pick in baseball. And I was yeah. asked what he should do. And I said, I if I I think he should play baseball. I was like, I think he's too small it's to be fast. Well, and baseball, would, it, would it really help in baseball? Well, he would have like, been. He he already he had been drafted to Major League Baseball. He had millions of dollars already guaranteed in Major League Baseball. He's a great baseball player. And he was talking about playing both, potentially. And my point was, I think he's too small. And there's somebody, some idiot, 
so retweeted idiot. some old some guy with a verified check mark who's like in sports media, but hey, we have no beef. Like just found this tweet and then was like he clearly tried to make it go viral again. Right. But luckily for me, the guy has no following whatsoever. Right. So people didn't see it, but I saw it. And I think it was like, oh, look at Nick. He's an idiot. He said he should play baseball. And now he's got this big contract. And I get that to a degree. But I don't think my take's wrong. Now, money-wise, obviously, this has worked out great for him. But I have no evidence that Kyler Murray can get through a full season of the NFL. Now, he's played a full season, played a couple full seasons. He has just gotten demonstrably, markedly worse after Thanksgiving every single year. And I think it's because he gets beat down. Right. He is the smallest full-time starting quarterback we've ever seen. And we're yet to see evidence that he can, that at the end of the year, when it's most important, they can be at his best. So we got like one playoff game. In that playoff game, he was horrifying. He had 135 yards passing. He didn't run the ball at all. He had two picks, no touchdowns. He had a 40 passer rating. So would I make him the second highest paid quarterback in the league? I wouldn't. Do I trust the coach? I don't. And so everyone's like, oh, you have to do it. No, you don't. He has two years left on his deal. Plus, it's the NFL, not the NBA. You can franchise tag him twice. You you were going to be able to get look after look after look at him. If you're ranking quarterbacks, where's Kyler? 11th? 12th? You might say, Nick, that's harsh. I, I'm going to leave somebody out to do off the top of my head. But in no order, if we were to rank quarterbacks, you have Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Brady, Stafford, Rodgers. Lamar, that's eight already that are no doubters better than him. And then you're in the you're in the DAC. What do you do with Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson group? Some would, you know, and Kyler's somewhere in there. And you have Matt Ryan. Those, what did his what did they do last year, the Cardinals? They they started off amazing, fell apart at the end of the year. He missed some games because he got hurt, came back. They were mediocre at the end of the year, and then they got their ass waxed in the playoffs. And so I just, I don't know. I'm skeptical of it. I think they did a little prematurely. All right, what's last? Live Golf wants to live live. Live. You got yeah. it right. Live. Live, live Golf wants to hire Charles Barkley as a broadcaster. Yeah. Uh, he's apparently seriously considering it. Says that everybody in sports is taking blood money at some point. Mm -hmm. If Live made you an offer, would you take it? All right. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, and don't put this on social. This is just for our friends that actually watch and listen to the podcast. I thought about this exact take while I was on vacation. Because, you know, whenever you're on vacation, you're like, I should just live on vacation. Like, yeah. wherever you're at, like, I should buy a house. Get you in that live. mindset. Yeah. yeah. I was like, hmm, I do love golf. And I don't think they're going to get Charles. And I was thinking, I was like, if I had my agent call them. What's the amount of money? And the fact that I was thinking about what's the amount of money means, yeah, I think I'd do it. I would take it. I, there's an amount of money where, yes, I yeah. would do it. And people would say, oh, Nick, you're shameless. I'm not going to. Listen, there are people that own sports media companies who I disagree with on many things. Now, I understand that is different than the Saudi government, but I've given my take on how you know, the ethical capitalist maybe doesn't exist, or if it does exist, it's not a life I'm currently living where <laughs> every dollar I make and every dollar I spend, I follow the tree of where it goes and who, who gets it. And I understand there are certain black and white things, which is the Saudi government has committed atrocities and some would argue sponsored terrorism and done things that make them a total no-go. By the but, way, it's so random to me that, that 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 this is funded by the Saudi government. Oh, it's be it's called sports washing. It's because they want to kind of put a shiny coat of paint on their image. Be involved on their I, it, I it, the so it's the there are different governments that own major soccer teams in Europe. So PSG, I'm not sure who it is, but it is owned by uh Middle Eastern government. The government, the country essentially owns that club. So it's one of the reasons they can spend all this money. So we don't need to get into that. The point is, short answer is, can't, okay. This you can clip, but only these three seconds. So I don't think it'll do well on social. If the question is, is there a price to pay for Nick Wright's integrity? <laughs> the answer is probably yes. 
but it's a hell of a lot more than it was when I was doing local radio. Completely actually, don't, shameless. Actually, don't clip that. That's just for <laughs> us, the viewers. We'll be right back. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in. Final segment, What's Right, Nick Wright. It's our first show back after a week off. I was actually out of town for two weeks. I spent a week in Los Angeles and then a week in Hawaii. Demonze was not with us. Spent two weeks in New York. Demonze spent week. two weeks in New York. Yeah. Oh, a week, a week at you know, but sometime at this apartment, this luxury he some, loft, and sometime <laughs> at this house because nobody was here. But I don't blame you for it. Uh, his girlfriend's in town, and we, he had to work, and he didn't get to come on this family vacation. Such as that, he did have a birthday. It's fine. We're gonna talk about the vacation for a moment, then I'm gonna rant about something. Uh, so on the vacation, I did some things that I think the audience will enjoy. This is this part is going to be a bit, listen, for our audio listeners, there's a good reason to watch on YouTube. The beginning of this is going to be a visual segment that I will try to explain, and then the end is going to culminate with a great rant that'll work for everyone. I jumped off a cliff at the southernmost point of the United States. I am not into uh, doing things like this. So that's me very uncoordinatedly jumping off a cliff. Now, the reason I look uncoordinated in that clip is, you can argue because I'm not coordinated. I don't think that's the accurate point. It's because I was terrified because I think there is something worse than death. And I think it's paralysis. And as soon as I jumped off that cliff, all I could think of was like my spine compressing, hitting the rocks beneath. But we were literally at the southernmost point of the United States. I felt like I needed to do it. So that's a video of me jumping off a cliff from afar. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I I just think the way that your feet are flailing is just the probably the funniest thing I've seen in a week. Yeah, it's I was like the coyote who's like j ran off the cliff and is trying chase to get the bird? back. Yeah, oh, to yeah. chase the bird, the roadrunner. Exactly. Yeah, I I really I didn't. I as soon as I did it, I regretted it, and that was a long way, bro. Honestly, if I would have went there with you guys on that vacation, I would have front flipped off of it. I would not have. I would have. I would have. I, I would have obviously done, done a running start, yeah, not just a no, front. I, I'm so glad you didn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't have allowed it. Uh, the other thing that happened is, I was attacked by a cephalopod. Attack. We have uh, we have a uh, still shot of that. This is an octopus stuck to my head. So yes. octopus or octopi are aliens. Pablo Torre, this is his bit, but he's correct on it. They're the most amazing creatures in the world. Yeah. They can change colors. They can contract Fitness. almost any size. Right. And this thing they can was, regrow their legs. Yeah, they're they, looks like that one had a leg missing. That one had a leg missing. Yeah. It was gonna regrow it. They they I didn't know they shoot ink, but they yeah. do shoot ink. I knew I thought that was a squid thing, but it's an octopus. Yeah, no, they too. get away from prey. Yeah. To, uh smoke screen them basically. Yeah, it, they're unbelievable animals. So that was those are the highlights from the vacation. The other highlight is started golfing for the first time in 20 years. 
You haven't golfed in any I haven't last vacations? I mean, no. I always I always rent golf carts and drive on the course because I love it. Yeah. But I haven't actually golfed in 20 years. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do it. And I did it once, and then I did it three straight days. Oh, wow. I am back. <laughs> I am back Wait, with this a vengeance. Is, this is three days while in Hawaii? Yeah. Okay, so what was everybody else doing while this is going I, on? Well, not my problem. <laughs> not my. Uh, Deanna came with me once. Diora came with me once. And uh, they were shopping. They were doing. Listen, here's the deal. Oh, this is from the golf course. Those are goats. Those are that goats. That is, a, yeah, I don't know if it, this is, there was like a family of like Holy 60 crap. goats. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. What are the uh, odds? Go for them. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was, it was beautiful. But here's the reason why I felt like I had the license to take, you know, a couple hours each day golfing. Middle of the trip, your mom. Says, like, where is the shopping on this island? Because we were on the big island. That's the one with the giant volcano, the, a lot of the best, like, nature stuff. Right. I'm like, that's in Honolulu. She was like, well, are we going to Honolulu? I'm like, well, you got to, we got to fly there. Right. She was like, well, there's <laughs> airports here. <laughs> and I was like, well, I've already rented this. I mean, you're saying a really nice place. I already paid for the eight days. She's like, they got hotels in Honolulu. <laughs> so we packed up, flew to Honolulu so she could shop, stayed overnight. She stopped some more, shopped some more, and flew back. Yeah, that definitely justifies a little justifies bit of golf. Justifies a little bit of golf. <laughs> a little bit of golf. Demonte, we came back from this trip with eight checked bags. Jeez. Eight check bags. Is that two more than you guys? I don't know how many more. I know that I rented a, a convertible for Hawaii and on the way we couldn't fit all the bags. We found a way to do it on the way there and then we realized we had left bags at the airport. It is listen, it was a great trip had by all. Here was the only thing that soured it. And as bad luck would have it, I want to I someone told me, one of our producers told me, because I gave him a little sneak preview of this rant. That some one of the McCordy twins on Good Morning Football might have actually done a rant similar to what I'm about to do. So I'm not stealing from him. This is my own personal uh, inspiration, and I think a lot of people have felt it. But I think he he got it out an hour earlier before me. So credit to him. But when we were flying to Honolulu, we're back. They did an announcement on the speaker. Masks. It's about to be about masks. No, it's not about masks. Oh, okay. Um, announcement on the speaker. They said, hey, we have a, a customer. What do you call it? Someone uh, someone who's on a flight. I don't even know which passenger. Passenger. Thank you. Who has a very tight connection. If everyone wouldn't mind staying in their seat and letting him go to the front of the plane, he has to run to his connection. I think that is totally reasonable. And I think we as a society should all agree that if that is the case, it's honor system. You're not going to lie about it. Tell the flight attendant, because nobody likes missing a connecting flight. It can throw right. off a whole vacation. And if you're like me, it's like, well, I'm just going to baggage claim or whatever going off. Of course, you can go ahead. Right. Tell the flight attendants and go. That is, and I think we all should give them the leeway to do that. That's one way to handle it. Another way was the flight back from L.A. to New York last night. As soon as... The seatbelt light goes off. This dude runs as far up the plane as he can just to stand in line, just to wait. And he had no, I saw him standing in the baggage claim with all of us. He had nowhere to be. And he does the whole, let me rush to the front of the plane for no reason. You, you can't get any, first of all, the door is still closed. Second of all, we're all, now we're all crowded. Third of all, what, what are you trying to avoid here? You have to wait for baggage claim at you, the end of the day. You got, you're not trying to make any flight. Those people, to me, honest to God, there needs to be a three-strike policy and then no fly list. No, no, no. If you're one of the people wait. that is just so convinced your time is so much more valuable than everybody else's, that you need, you can't, there is a, there's a process of how you get off a plane. You know how the process works? Row by row. 
And the whole, let me rush up ahead. What? I'm going to play devil's advocate. There here. is no so, advocate. Okay, go ahead. Let me hear it. Because in reality, I have thought about doing that before. I've never done it. And I didn't even know this is something that happened often. Yeah. But like, whose time is he really wasting if he does that? If he runs up in front and he's now one more person to then get off the plane. Yeah. Who, who is he? Is he really causing a holdup for anybody? Because it seems like everybody's taking their freaking time. Okay, out of but their so seat. here's the thing that so so this is this is an interesting thing. So let's say he was supposed to get off the plane thirtieth, and now he's getting off the plane fifth. So he's jumping twenty five people. He is only delaying those people, say an e an extra ten well, seconds right. per person. And he's saving himself, by that same math, 250 seconds. But how arrogant and self-absorbed of a person do you have to be to think your time is that much more valuable than 25 people's small amounts of time? That's first of all. Second of all, it, it's not a, so much about the time as it is, it is now uncomfortable. Because the equilibrium of space between the aisle and the people in the seats who have yet to get off, it's all askew. Right. It's all thrown off. And it is just so, it, it, is, <laughs> it is such a sign that you are a bad person. <laughs> no, it's a sign. That, that no, is a great I, character I, test. I definitely see it. I, I'm glad I've never I done that it. in the same category as somebody who is a weight staff yeah for no reason it's like oh no, no no that's just a sign you're a bad person yeah that's easily. a sign that you are that and again if you have a flight to catch yes i totally get it and tell people and i will move out of your way but i am not above talking trash to people like this now this fella was a larger fella and by that i don't mean overweight i mean like he looked like he put some time into the dude. gym maybe a little <laughs> more than i have so I was like, ah, it's one in the morning. We just landed after a cross-country flight. This is, not the, this is not the hill I'm going to die on. But I'm not above saying to these people, oh, you got somewhere important to go? Like, yeah. wh what are we doing? And, and I, now I'm going to say something semi-elitist. It used to really bother me. It bothers me clearly a lot now on an L.A. to New York flight. You know what would really bother me? If I was flying, like, back from Chicago to Kansas City. And I know there's no connecting flights. And by the way, I'm from Kansas City. We all just landed in Kansas. <laughs> None of us are doing anything that important. We all got plenty of time. Like, let's all let's let's all stop acting like hey, we got we got, you know, million dollar deals to make. If we did, we wouldn't be flying into Kansas City. But you got to rush your way to the front of the plane. We'll be back on Thursday.